You're listening to the Opening Statements podcast brought to you by HyperChat Social, the podcast bringing you real lawyers and their real stories. This week, our guest is a 27-year veteran lawyer, former president of the Georgia Trial Lawyers Association, and has a whole slew of awards under his belt, including recognition of Atlanta Magazine Super Lawyers Top 100 list for the past eight consecutive years, um, and a whole bunch more. Yes, and today, his most prestigious honor, he's joining us on the Opening Statements podcast. Court is now in session. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Yep, yeah. We're excited to have you. Um, so just to really hit us off, why did you get into law? I got into law for probably a lot of reasons. Um, truthfully, uh, I like to argue. Um, I did have <laughs> a, a father who was a judge, and many people say that's why I did it. But but um, being a judge and a lawyer are really different, and I really like being a lawyer. You know, I'm a competitive guy. Yeah. And I think that it sort of uh, it feeds that competitive nature, probably. And I like, you know, I love helping people too. It's fun. What was it like having a judge for a dad? Um, he was pretty strict, um, and it was, you know, so it was uh, it was small town, Canton, Georgia. Um, so kind of, you know, it was good and bad. <laughs> it was bad because everybody knew you. you. You did anything wrong, you know? Everybody knew about it. Right. <laughs> um, but um, uh, he was. Uh, he was pretty strict, and and it was there were some even crazy things when you know they would have jailbreaks, and all of a sudden I'd come home from school and there'd be, you know, a swarm of uh, deputy sheriffs in the yard. What? You know? Yeah. Like protecting your dad, like yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Like yeah, <gasps> got quite a bit of uh, death threats. Uh, oh my goodness! Yeah. I know I say it so nonchalantly, but it was just kind of like something like oh. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's like it was normal real. for you. It was real multiple <laughs> times. Yeah, you'd be kind of literally. I would come home from school and be like, oh, well, there's like deputy sheriffs all over the yard, and somebody That's had escaped and threatened dad. You know, so. oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. Yeah. did he ever get you out of any trouble as a kid? Oh, I'm sure he did, but you know, he had that rule like <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> But he had the rule, like, you know, you get in trouble at school, you get in trouble at home. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. oh yeah. And, uh, you know, I always joke with him now. I'm like, Dad, you know, like, you couldn't discipline us like you did then. You'd be in trouble, you know. And he'd be like, I'd still do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you weren't doing law, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, that's a great question. Wow. You know, I I recently took up flying uh, in 2019, and I really love that. Um, so I don't know, maybe something like that. I like. Um, I always thought. I think back when I was thinking about going to law school, and I was going, you know, gosh, what if I don't get in law school? I don't know. I thought about being a teacher. You know, really, maybe a maybe a college professor somewhere, mm. like in Charleston or something, yeah. would be pretty yeah. exciting. You know, uh-huh. get you a jacket with some elbow patches. Yeah, it's a yeah. pipe. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Weed, yeah. uh, ascot, even maybe you know? yeah, the whole Kit Kat kaboom. Yeah, I don't think they do. I don't think they wear that like that anymore. Mm, but probably not. Different yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you finished law school, did you start your own practice at that point in time, or did you work somewhere else? Yeah, it's a, a good question. So, again, going back, this is you know growing up in the '70s and '80s in Canton, Georgia, it was a very small town. Um, you know, quite frankly, I was like, I, I want to get out of this small town. Mm. And so I was kind of, I wanted to go work in Atlanta and be in a skyscraper. Big city. Yeah. Important. And um, so I got, a, and I would say when I got out of law school in 1995, I mean, you know, the economy wasn't great. So I was sort of like, you know, I want to, I'm just, I want to get a job. You know, I thought about going <laughs> to the FBI. I, um, oh, cool. uh, but I had, I got an offer from a law firm in Atlanta 
It's now called Mabry McClellan. It was Chambers, Mabry McClellan, and Brooks. And so I worked, it was insurance defense. So I did that mm-hmm. for uh, a little over a year before, you know, making the big change and going back to Canton, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I learned through that process that Canton, Georgia was looked pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, so. <laughs> Compared to the big yeah. city. Yeah. I mean, not, not, there's a great firm, but it's a great firm and had great friends and learned a ton. But, um, you know, it was uh, Holmes, Holmes, home. Yeah. So. What was your first personal injury case? That's interesting. So, so I did insurance defense at first, so I had a few. And, you know, I, I do remember kind of just going, you know, these people need a better attorney. You know, I had a mm-hmm. little bit of a sense of like, uh, you know. Because were you defending the insurance company? I was company? defending so the insurance company. you were kind of on the opposite yes. side that you're okay. on now. So I'm dealing with plaintiff's attorneys. And I just, and, it, and, and at the time, I just remember going like, you know, they, these guys need better help. And so I, I would say my first personal injury case, hmm was probably a motor vehicle collision. I can think of the person's name. Um, in, and wow. they were in uh, Pickens County. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember that. Um, and, um, but, uh, you know, I knew that was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I went to work for Mr. Hasty of the Hasty Pope. Mm. And uh, I always kid with him. I'm like, you know, he, he, he was like, I need some help with personal injury. So you need to come to Canton. I got all these cases. I need help. Oh. And I was like, great, because I really that's what I really want to do. Yeah. And then when I got there, I realized he's the city attorney. He represents the development authority. He's doing divorce cases, criminal cases, real estate closings. And I remember going like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know. You, you know, so for a few years, I was doing like everything Every- and personal oh, injury. Wow. And then I uh, eventually just, you know, I wore him down. I was like, I just want to do this. And. And so probably late 90s, early 2000s, we just kind of exclusively. Is that the same hasty that all the streets are named after in Canton? It is. It, well, <laughs> him, and it, him and his father, yeah. uh, okay. uh, Billy Hasty, is my law partner. Who, And Billy, uh, his father was uh, Bill Hasty. Mm-hmm. And Bill, Bill was, uh, gosh, goes back as a school superintendent to a uh, state representative, to a state senator. He was on the DOT board. And, oh. And, uh, are there any Pope streets in Gosh, I don't think so. No. We should work on that. Yeah, we, we should, should work on that. I'll call yeah. the mayor. Yeah. yeah, could you do that? Don't you yeah. know some people? Mm, I don't know the. I don't know if I can get my name on a street, but you know, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Would we'll you see. rather have a street, a like a dead end street, maybe? A place, a <laughs> a <dead end> street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe like you know, yeah, maybe a dirt road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you say yeah. your favorite thing is about what you do? Like you mentioned, really loving the personal injury space, but why? Uh. I like, you know, I think I started thinking this when you when you're, you hit 40 and you're in your job, you've been doing it a while, you kind of like go, man, I, I kind of figured this out. I'm really good at this, mm. you know. I mean, not not to be cocky, but you, you kind of like. Brag okay, on yourself. I, I feel like I really know what I'm doing. And then from then it's really enjoyable because, you know, you take someone. Um, I, can, I can remember having a case where uh, the awful tractor trailer collision in the Daytona Beach area. And I remember flying down in the. The client was at the hospital right across from Daytona Motor Speedway. Oh, wow. And they've got, like, rods sticking out oh. of them. And, 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 and the, I don't think the client would remember, I even, you know, at the time, uh, remembered much. But um, y- you're sitting there, and then fast forward, you know, a few years later, you've walked them through this, like, complex, difficult process, emotional, financial. Mm. And there you see them doing better, and you've been able to sort of help them make a real – you know, financial difference in their life. You know, they're, 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 they're looking at you going like, 
thank you, you know, and that's, man, that's, uh, what else? Yeah. yeah. Need, right? That's cool. Um, so uh, that's, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Qu- another question. Am I just... doing okay? I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> you're great. You're great. You're okay. great. So personal injury, there's like a lot of different components and cases that you can yeah. have. So you commonly, like a car accident, for right. example. If you've seen one case, have you seen them all? That's a great question. I mean, generally speaking, I mean, people have begun, you know, specialize a lot in different types of cases. You know, there are medical malpractice mm-hmm. attorneys. Um, I think you just kind of hit on it. Like, no, there's like no two cases are the same. You know, these okay. are. I think the one piece of advice that'd be for like a young lawyer is like, the first thing you do is approach it as your client's a person. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. are they? Yeah. Because everybody's different, and everybody's story's different. Mm-hmm. How. Um, uh, something affects someone is different. An example: People used to come in when I was when you're a young when I was a younger lawyer. They would say, you know, I'm scared to get back in the car, or I'm very nervous driving now after a collision. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. When I was 30 years old, before I was married, before I was kids, I was like, okay, that's silly. You know, you weren't in war. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's PTSD is for. Now, you know, I go just from sheer numbers. It's. It, it, I don't care if you're the, uh, the strong man, if you're young, you're old. That's a consistent theme that I hear. So it's real, I guess, yeah. my point. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, um, but no, no two cases are the same. No two wrecks are the same. No two, uh, the pain and suffering is different. So yeah, um, that's and then and that again, that's part of the enjoyment mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. It's always different. Yeah, cool. So I want to take it into a little bit about the the practice. So mm-hmm. who is all in on in the firm? Sure. So. Uh, Mr. Hasty is still uh, what we call of counsel, and my my father, who uh, is a retired judge, uh, Marion Pope, is of counsel as well. Dad is uh, going to turn 95 in September. Wow, big party. Um, yeah. So um, they're, they're part of the firm, and then my brother Tom is mm-hmm. my law partner, and then Dustin Davies is my law partner, and um, and then we have a good, robust staff, but those are the those are the places. We have a new associate um, coming on uh, yeah. in November, so more, more to come on that. Cool. Awesome. Um, just for listeners who don't know, what would of counsel mean? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I used to joke around. It's like basically you're retired and you get a free office space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a joke. No, I mean it. We'll put it that is, on a graphic. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it's a. It's some a position I good think theme. that's kind of earned. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I'm sort of. I want to practice, continue practicing, but I want to do the law that I want to do and sure. pick and choose the cases. And so, um, um, it's that's yeah. It's, it's a. It's really kind of a position of respect, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. You mentioned your brother. I was gonna say. And, did and I? You yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. And we know Tom. <laughs> yeah. The listeners may not know Tom, but what's it like working with your brother? Um, T Pain. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's great. We were. I was just talking to him on the way over here. I mean, it's it's um it's kind of what you'd expect. Uh, brothers were two years apart. Yeah. Um, and so we talk very uh, direct and open with each other. Sometimes you know we argue. Um, we disagree. We're vote. We're very different. Um, but I think the proof is kind of in the pudding. Like, you know, we've been practicing together. He joined the firm in 2001. Oh, wow. And then we uh, sort of took over the firm, ownership of the firm in 2007, eight. Mm. And so, you know, it still works. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's good. Good. Does being a lawyer give you some sort of advantage at home in arguments? Mm. 
Yeah, so I feel like I should plead the fifth. On it. Uh, you know, like, oh, you might want to hold that for later. No, no, uh, no, it does not. It does not. In fact, uh, my wife uh, has told me on more than one occasion, like, don't talk to me like a lawyer. You know, Ooh. I'm like, oh, yeah. whoa, that's hard for me to do. But, you know, that's what I am. It does. It does give a little advantage, though. Yeah. <laughs> like you just have receipts in your back pocket. How about, yeah. about, about to kill the kids? Probably better with the kids. Mm. You okay. know, yeah. They don't want to mess with dad in an argument. No. You know? <laughs> better have your facts straight. And I used to say that too about my dad. Like that was another thing. Like when you you're asking dad for something, or you you need something, or you're in trouble, you're trying to argue your way out of it. You better be prepared. Mm-hmm. You're you talking come to in, right? yeah. bulletproof. Yeah, you better. I have this testimony here, Dad. Yeah, you may have done. You need to do like multiple mock trials and focus groups. Get your brother involved. Get your yeah. Yes. Yes. Surprise witness. That's, that's right. That's Role right. play this. Yes. Uh, yeah. If it's not going well, you gotta have signs and you know. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, what is the Georgia Trial Lawyers Association? I know Rebecca mentioned you were the, yeah. the past president, so. So I think like this is if you're if you're um, you know a real trial lawyer, mm-hmm. meaning you try cases and you help people who've been uh, injured catastrophically seriously, um, you got to be a you know you got to be a member of the Georgia Trial Lawyers Association. It's a group of trial lawyers across the state of Georgia. Uh, it's about two thousand members. Um, you have to represent uh, injured victims, mm-hmm. uh, so you don't you don't have members that represent insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and our mission is to. Um, basically, we fight for an independent judiciary, so fair you know, judges that are fair, and uh, and then um, an independent, mm-hmm. and then two, and probably I, I'm sort of partial. I should probably say that this one first is to preserve and defend the right to trial by jury, the Seventh Amendment to the uh, United States Constitution. So that's kind of what, and we do education, obviously mm-hmm. within our membership and things like that. But um, that's our that's our role. A lot of politics. Yeah. Interesting. What was your path to getting to the presidency of that association? You know, I didn't really seek it out. Um, I started uh, my involvement. I've been a member for a long time since Mm -hmm. I really shortly after I started practicing law. And then uh, um, probably around 2009, 2010, a colleague of mine, Andrew Jones, who's a lawyer in Marietta, he's a great guy, asked me to, uh, if I would participate as a member of the uh, Civil Justice PAC board. Now, that's that's Georgia Trial Lawyers Political Action Committee uh, that raises money to support uh, uh, political candidates in the st- state level that support, you know, our, our values. And so I started there and then uh, became the chairman of that board, that group, and then that sort of at the time was like the filter to uh, officership in, in GTLA. And um, so I really didn't sort of plan on it or think I was ever that was ever something. But I, you know, I, I, I enjoy it and uh, enjoyed it. And I, we had a lot of challenges politically. And so I felt like, you know, we, you know we, I was in a group of really great uh, officers like Dan Snipes and Lori Speed and Pope Langdell and, and now Adam and Madeline Simmons and um, Jason Branch and, and all those. I mean, we, we all sort of realize like we politically, we've got to be um, uh, really vigilant and, you know, working together, organized and things like that. So anyway. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, it was good. I'm gonna start answer. giving you short answers. No, don't. No, no, don't do that. To don't us. do that. That's don't? awkward. No, oh, is it? That's okay. so awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> is there? Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to me. Is there something in particular that you did um, that you're most proud of during your tenure as president there? Well, you know, it's to me, it's awkward to sort of try to take say, I'm proud of this or I did this, uh, you know, because it, it's a continuation. The officers really work together closely. Um, I'm, so I would say our as a team, mm-hmm. I'm proud of what we've done. I'm proud of what we've done politically. I, I, yeah. I just, it's sort of, um, it's, I, I guess I analogize it to like cyber attacks. Most people, even most of our members, don't, I don't know, fully appreciate how many attacks there are politically uh, at the state capitol on the civil justice system. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't think I would have. We've known. had massive attacks starting, uh, you know, four or five years ago every year. And I'm talking like these officers, uh, you know, Dan Snipes, myself, other our, our legislative team, we just like live at the capitol during the yeah. session and are constantly watching and, and, and making sure that we're there to be able to you know, present evidence against any type of, of law that's going to, uh, you know, uh, Im- impact the right to trial by jury or yeah. a client's rights. And, and that we saw some really significant fights. So that's one thing that I, I don't want to, you know, gloss over. It was a team effort. What would one of those fights be, for example? Absolutely. Well, gosh, um, th- there was a bill passed, I would or, or introduced three or four years ago. We called it, uh, it's called Senate Bill 415, and it was, we call it like an omnibus bill, so it was a big bill, mm-hmm. and it, it affected, I think we tallied up, like we, it wasn't just one bill, like, so it would, uh, it would change uh, a law over here, and another law over here, and a law, another law over here, all of, all laws that deal with the civil justice system, and the way we handle and, and try civil cases, injury cases, I totaled up it affected and changed 19 different areas of law wow. and wow. all that would uh, restrict and impede and make it more difficult for victims um, to, to get fair compensation. And, and, and so um, we were successful in defeating that. Um, but it's everything from the rules of evidence uh, mm-hmm. uh, to um, how you present uh, what can be presented to a jury and not be presented to a jury. Um, it can it could be um, limiting what damages that someone can can bring. Um, uh, you know, it it, it was um, it, it almost eradicated certain claims uh, of certain victims. You know, so I I, I it, it just it was massive. Yeah, this was it, like a huge foundational like Jenga block, right? Absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, it was one of the things was in in certain cases uh, what we call a bifurcation of jury trials. So it would like basically, right now when you go in front of a jury trial, if you've been hurt in an accident, you present to the jury all the facts of the accident, mm-hmm. and then all of the facts about your client's injuries and damages. And that was going to change it to say, you've got to only talk about the accident first oh. in front of the jury. And then we have a second trial. Uh, if they find the defendant was negligent, then you have a second separate trial that where you introduce your evidence on injuries and damages. And that's so inefficient. And it's so... Yeah, it's, it really drags it out. Well, and it's, it's, it's meant to uh, balance it in favor of, you know people who are negligent, who are injured, people, mm-hmm. big corporations, That's big, what I was big insurance ask. companies. Yeah, are they the ones who are putting, like, 
Absolutely. pushing these bills through the big corporations. Big insurance, insurance big trucking, big uh, corporations. Uh, they, um, you know, we always say like our, our civil justice pack is the largest pack, single pack in the state of Georgia, but it's kind of misleading because if you add together all the, the groups, interests that are diverse to us, against us, mm-hmm. they dwarf us, you know, in terms yeah. of their ability to raise money and, and, and elect candidates. So, um, uh, but we're pretty darn good at what we do. We are we're organized, and and you know our members believe and, and are engaged, and that's that's what's key. So that, I'm pr- very proud of that f- on behalf of all the officers. Um, this, the, but what I was thinking of the second thing, and I think I was really proud is that we've really made an effort to become make make sure our membership is more diverse, and uh, that we're you know uh, we're reflecting you know society and our members. And so yeah. we started a minority caucus yeah. and a diversity and inclusion committee. Um, Lyle Warshower, who was the president last year, uh, um, or b- before me, excuse me, yeah. dur- had, I had a tough presidency. It's COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, but she uh, started those committees. And, and again, because of COVID, we weren't able really to do much. But it's a great thing that she sort of led the initial charge. And then I tried to sort of take it and with all the other officers, you know, really move it forward. And we had a big kickoff event and we really re- uh, increased our numbers. And, and so um, really proud of that. That's awesome. Another long answer. Sorry. Nope. No, long no, answer. This is good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you can't be an experienced lawyer without picking up a few interesting cases along yes. the way. Here at Opening Statements, we want to break those cases wide open. Yeah. So that's right. So what is the most interesting case that you've ever worked on? Yeah, that is – that's a – I don't know. Maybe a lawyer can just immediately think of one. It was tough for me, but – um I had a case a few years back. It was a dental malpractice case. Okay. And I would say it's, it's you know, easily the top, one of the top most interesting cases I had. It was a yeah. very, uh, uh, the facts were hard to believe. Well, know. like, like well, go on. Well, <laughs> not a time for short again. Yeah, no, yeah, so I, I just wanted to prove I could do it. Um, I'm proud of you. Well, we had a, a, a young uh, a woman in her 30s, mother, married uh, children. Uh, from a rural part of uh, the state and, uh, you know, kind of came in and said, hey, I've got, I'm having all these problems with my teeth. I went to this uh, place called Coast Dental and they just really messed, messed me up and I'm, I'm really having a hard time. And of course, you know, I'm going, okay, well, um, yeah, not, at the time I was not, you know, not the uh, dental malpractice specialist uh, <laughs> that I am now. Um, and then, you know, but in, in her story was, was sort of like, you know, um, uh, you know, she'd been in a rural area, grew up on a farm, had uh, well water, so no fluoride. So she'd always had some issues with her teeth it, it, and more aesthetics. And she always said, you know, gosh, at some point I'd like to really get my teeth um, fixed and looked really nice. Yeah. And um, she, had, she had needed some dental work. Went to uh, Coast Dental because of her insurance, and the dentist there kind of talked her into a, basically putting what we call caps mm-hmm. um, um, on all of her, uh, all of her teeth. Oof. Yeah, and um, yeah, and, and she very, say, yeah. very expensive, very uh, invasive, um, and then again, not uh, the strangest sort of thing but then the the what went on through the treatment the treatment was not going as planned uh she had you know to put a crown in you have to file down the tooth and that's what you, i thought and then yeah. you have to put a uh make an impression and then uh while the and then the cap or uh, crown i should say the crown while the crown is being made 
um, they put these temporary uh, caps and, or, or crowns on your teeth. And, and she was having long periods of time with these temporary crowns that would fall off, you know, and she'd be talking to people and they'd fall out. It was very embarrassing. And it was, you know, there was other talks of, of, of she was having to go to Coast Dental in, in the evening or she yeah. would be there all day long until, you know, like eight o'clock at night. Wow. Um, on the weekends. Like was sort of nightmare being at the I dentist mean, till eight o'clock at night. You would period at all ever. So much laughing gas. To uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, like, you know, that's like me. I'm going like, who goes to the dentist and stays there for like eight hours? Hey, honey, I'm going to be home uh, late tonight. You right. can do dinner without me. Yeah. I'm going to be at the dentist. Right. Yeah. yeah. Come, come in. Come at your appointments at 6 p.m. And yeah. no one's there. I mean, that's it's just mm-hmm. odd. Yeah, and um, nope for me. Well, <laughs> and then at, anywhere. at yeah. some point, the dentist that she'd been working with just disappeared. <gasps> she, Whoa! And she called, you know, like we're I need to see him, and he's just gone. Okay. And she comes in, and then they it's as if the people in the dental office at Coast Dental don't like don't know who she is. <gasps> no. They don't know what she's there for. They don't oh. know what's been done. They don't know what she's paid. They're claiming she owes money. Oh my God! So. Um, again, a lot of this is very strange. And so we end up filing a lawsuit. And what we learned mm. is... This is the good part. Yeah. What we you learned tell, dun, dun, is... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, first, we learned that the dentist had left because he had a substance abuse problem. Oh, no. What? Okay. Uh, then we learned that he had been treating our client off the books. Oh, right. No. What? Which is why they didn't really, you know. Was uh, she paying cash? Um, cash, credit card. I mean, the the we learned that the dentist's sister was the office manager for this brand. Oh my God! Yeah. So it was, uh, and it got worse and worse. We we found out that um, uh, the year prior, you know, we went back and said, you know, we're talking to Coast Dental. We learned. When you hired this dentist, why you hired him, what you knew about him. When this dentist was hired, he had a practice in another city that had gone bankrupt. Oh, okay. So Red he flag. Was just going town to town, swindling people out of their money. And he had a, he had been um, abusing fentanyl. Oh. Okay. Is from that, oh, from is his that own. That, it, that is no. That is a sedation drug that is extremely potent. It's like. And he's personally abusing this. He's he's got it in his practice, used to sedate, uh, and he's using it at his practice. He comes and interviews with Coast Dental, and uh, they make him do a pre-employment drug test. Uh And it comes back positive. And I remember I've taken his deposition, and I said, so what did you think when you got positive? He said, well, I'm not getting the job. Fair Uh, enough. And then I said, so what happened? Good assumption. Well, they called me and asked me about it. I said, what did you tell them? I told him I had a prescription. I was like, well, that wasn't true, was it? He goes, no, I lied. And I said, well, what happened next? He goes, well, they hired me. Oh, okay. So they hired him. Okay. This is all before. There's a lot of remorse in this. They hired him, and then within a month, within a month, he was found in the office overdosed on fentanyl while patients were sitting in their chairs what? in the middle of the day. Well, no wonder it was taken till 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. You had to wake up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to give them some time to get back up. An OD siesta. Yeah. yeah. So we had, so, the, you know, all that. And then we also kind of, you get into, we, we sort of kind of looked at it when we, and of course they denied everything or they did anything wrong. And we tried the case and um, in preparing for trial, we sort of kind of looked at this whole thing of, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I thought about it because I remember my dentist when I was growing up. And, you know, things have changed. 
you know, we, we, we called it sort of the corporatization of dentistry. Mm-hmm. And it's all like profit driven now. And even their agreements with this, this dentist, right, where uh, they gave him an incentive. So he was paid uh, on top of his salary, he was paid a percentage of the revenue he brought in. So there was this whole, even, oh. pr- even products that they would sell you in the lobby, you know, he got a percentage of that. So it was just so profit driven. Right. Uh, and there was no oversight at all. I mean, clearly. Zero oversight. Like, no walking into a door and just checking to make sure yeah. somebody's passed out or not on the floor. So we, you know, we got ready. To, and then the other part of that trial that was interesting is that, you know, they really sort of, it's a big, it was a big corporate dentist outfit with over 200 offices and 2,000 employees. And they really just were like, you guys are going to lose. And uh, we went to trial and their offers, like, literally, before I went to do my closing statement, they made an offer that was like a third of what they'd offered before. Like literally right wow. as I they were that confident. Like the law, it was, it was like almost intentional. They just wanted yeah. to like kind of go, y- y'all are going to Like you better it. take this. Like we're going to, we, and you know. And lower it. And lower it. Wow. And, wow. Uh, the balls. Yeah. So we, anyway, get a, a $2.8 million verdict. And then the jury uh, indicated they wanted to award punitive damages, which are uh, additional damages that are meant to punish and deter yeah. And, well, clearly uh, he didn't seem like when you talked to him that he was that remorseful. Just be like, oh, well, you know, I failed. Yeah, I figured lied. I wouldn't get I the lied. job. Yeah, he was <laughs> very know? frank. Like, yes, he and he was he was also not very. He didn't have a lot of good things to say about Coast Dental. He's. Oh. Like, I mean, I, I that was another. You know, it was I was like, well, what does Coast Dental care about? He's like money. Yeah. All they care about is money. And so the jury really. Uh, so that was it. Was he almost like your witness? <laughs> was yeah, he on your side. <laughs> like, kind of sounded like it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> kinda. I would not trust this firm. They hire people like me who do fentanyl and o- overdose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go somewhere yeah, else? Yeah yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, and he did admit the 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 issue of his overdose. He went to uh, s- some counseling, obviously, yeah. inpatient right. counseling, and came back to work. And I said, so what would they, what, you know, what they say to you, you know? He's like, nothing. I'm like, no, come on. I mean, they said like, hey, look, you know, you did this, you it's gotta, bad. You got a performance if improvement plan. you do this plan. again, you're yeah, in trouble. Yeah. Like, slap to, on the wrist even. He said there was one, not one conversation about it. Wow. I know. That's so I'm going to like that's make wild. a mental note of this place. I know. Because <laughs> they're children huge. Will never I, go there. I have heard of them. Yeah. So when things like that happen, like, do you ever hear about any oversight that they put into place after the fact? We do sometimes. Um, you know, uh, I can't say anything specific about this case. I, I, I certainly hope that, you know, and I think that's, lawyers say that, but, you know, at my point in my career, that's really what you want, right? I mean, like, I, I would be really proud to go, like, yeah, they changed uh, mm-hmm. their practices. We had a nursing home case where a client uh, fell was left unattended and fell and died and as part of our settlement we were we included the family was and i I, you know one of my friends uh steven chance uh, he's a member of gtla and you should guys interview him he he and his firm had a great result that down yeah he's a a great lawyer we went to law school together and he got a great verdict in gwinnett county in a nursing home case and he was telling me the other day like one of the things you got to have in some cases is, is do your clients have the courage yeah. to go to trial and so i had these clients I, I you know look back and these clients who were they were they were the the, the, the 
very nice woman who passed away. She was she was older, and she had uh, five daughters, and so and they were they had the courage to go. Either you make these changes, or we're 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 going to go to court. And um, I think and and the the facility was like we'll we'll make those changes. They were substantive changes. Wow. To pre- to pre- make sure that people, you know, didn't fall in their facility. And uh, they were included in our settlement agreement. It was really, so that's, that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's rewarding. Yes. Yeah. Wow. The nursing home ones. They make me sad. They just. They're very sad. Yeah. yeah. They are. You know, I think most people think, and most companies are good, and most companies do the right thing. Um, so certainly, you know, it's not the majority. But, yeah. But we see so many bad things, you know, like that, where yeah. people are just the profits are, 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 are so much the center focus right. and safety is like, you know, I mean, like I, I tell you, you need to, Stephen can tell you about his case, but they had the emails from this big corporate uh, nursing home. And they were, they basically what they showed was, is that they were like, you need to get the staffing, decrease the staffing so we can, you know, uh, increase it, like, save money. Profit. Yeah. Wow. While at the same time, it's like they were sending emails going like, make sure all the beds are full kind of, you know, it was like, yeah. so yeah. like, you know, so it, it, it it's real. It People is. don't like to believe it, but it's, it's real. Yeah. That is frightening. It is frightening. It's yeah. At the same time, that's a great poll quote. People don't like to believe it, but it's real. <laughs> yeah. It's real. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So I'm going to go into our next little session of our podcast, The Lesson Plan. So here at Opening Statements, we not only value the stories, but we also value the lessons. So we try to foster a good learning environment for our loyal fans. Yeah, we want to teach people the things that you can't just pick up from reading a book, things that you only learn by actually putting into practice and being a lawyer. Um, what would you say is the most valuable thing that you learned from that case, the, the, dental. Mal- the dental malpractice case? That, that um, have, have that courage yeah. um, to go the distance. Um, if you know, know, know your you know, if you, if you know in your heart your, your client is right and you know your facts and you're, you have the law on your side, um, there's a lot of pressure to, uh, you know, from uh, defendants, to, you know, the, whether it be they'll offer. I mean, if you have a, the better the case you have, the more money they're going to offer you. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's why a lot of really good cases don't go to trial because they, you know, they end up offering so much, but I think it took it took my client a lot of courage, and it took uh, us a lot of courage in the face of a lot of pressure that, oh, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. Yeah, it's a um, big company. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, um, I was going to say the big takeaway of that is, uh, gosh, I don't know. I would I would probably say like believe your client too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta really like like don't. Um, that's why I kind of said when you said earlier like. Or wreck's a wreck. It's not a wreck, man. It's a cl- client is. I, I I'll admit this because I think it's good for young lawyers. I've said this to young lawyers, but like, we started kind of this corny saying of like, we're gonna treat clients like family, mm-hmm. right? And that's, oh, that's a corny little tagline. It's not, because if you do that, like, if I, if I go, hey, you know, I'm gonna think like you're my sister. What would I tell my sister to do? Right. Then, selfishly it's going to help me decide what's the best thing to do, right? It's going to make my job as a lawyer. But it also means I'm going to always give you the best advice, you know? I mean, because, like, what what would I do if you were my mom? 
Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and it just clarifies, it simplifies, and um, and you're and you're you're generally always going to make the right answer. Yeah. You know, it's always going to be the right answer. Mm-hmm. Something that you can stand behind. Yeah. yeah, it seems like an obvious thing to just you know treat everybody like they are family mm-hmm. and. I say that about first. ten times a day, y'all. Yeah. I go like, well, what if she's my sister? What would I tell her? What would she tell my mom? Yeah. I mean, it just, um, it's so, it cl- clarifies and simplifies. Yeah. How many cases typically go all the way to trial? Not that many. No. Okay. No, no. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, but it's true. I think most lawyers are scared to try cases. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And um, so I, I tried one in January. I was supposed to try one this week. And um, a juror uh, was diagnosed with COVID, so they canceled it. Okay. Um, but, um, it, you know, you know, it, obviously you got to have a good case, and you it's got to be a case that needs to be tried. But um, it's just it's it happens less and less. You think it's more on the attorneys being afraid to go to trial, or the defendants, you know, not wanting to deal with it and saying. We'll, Here's some money. Yeah. We'll pay you off. I don't want to sound like an old fogey, but I feel like it's becoming <laughs> like a lost art. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, from what we learned at that Savannah, the mock trial, shout out to the GTLA for the mock trial. I mean, it was impressive because we sat in, I think it was on your segment about, you know, well, yours was cross-examination. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we did cross-examination. I think we sat on one for like the jury selection. I'm like, I had no clue <laughs> that all of this right. went into it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it. It's, you're right. It's a lot. It, it is a lot, and um, and it's it, it it's takes so. I mean, again, I don't want to I don't want to say they're not there. Are we there are a lot of great lawyers we have taken. I just think it generally it seems like it's happening less and less. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think obviously cases resolve, but um, it's a it's a lost art. I love it. I love it. You know, I always joke with my clients. I'm like, you know, when we go to court, like there's going to be one person generally that's going to be enjoy being in the courtroom, and it's me. <laughs> Nobody else wants to be, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I say that to juries. I'm like, look, I know, you know, y'all don't want to be here. The judge wants, but, you know, I'm like, I love it. Um, but it's, it's stressful. And, and you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and it's also with COVID, it's harder to get jury, uh, a jury trial done. Mm. Yeah. I'm fortunate where I kind of, I was, my upbringing as a lawyer allowed me to try a lot of cases. Mm. You know, I, uh, I mean, we, we were trying cases uh, a lot and, um, so that was so I so I got real comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, so I, you know. Did you ever have a case that was settled before it ever went to trial that you wish it had? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm no. I I I can't think of a specific case, but I know of one I can think of like it resolved on your like. Uh. You're like, dang man, I was, no, I was they, really hoping for that fight. They got my teeth <laughs> in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like it, uh, the the case um, I had this week, you know. It was you selfishly, you know, you you like a case where they haven't offered much, right? So you're like, Oh, I got nothing to lose. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. look, that makes your you know yeah. yeah. So then then they start they made uh in this case they made it just an incredibly crazy low offer. The insurance company was uh um I don't, does it matter if I say the insurance company? That's I don't fine. Know. I think so. I don't think it matters. It's all state, I don't care, it's a public record. Yeah, yeah it's uh, public. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're the lawyer, John. But, but, you know, we don't know if it's legal or yeah. not. Yeah, I know. I'm asking. Is there we, a lawyer We defer here? to you. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, look, it's just a crazy low offer, and I was like, oh, see. And then, and then last Thursday, you know, two days before trial, they increased their offer like what, like by a, a factor of five. Yeah. Okay. And then you're like, oh dang. I'm like, I, 
you know, <laughs> I'm joking, okay? But, yeah. you know, part of you is like, I don't want to tell the client because I don't want them to say yes and accept it. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, like you just get that like, oh, uh, so that's I, good. Though. I remember talking to them, you know, and you have to, but you got to, you know, you got to. You got to yeah, go, sure. Here's what it is, you know, now it's your decision, but here's what I think. Yeah. Let's try the case. Okay. Yeah. So whenever, obviously it is your duty to tell them about of any course. offer, right? Um, but do you get to like have that conversation with them? Like, I really think that we can get more. Like, are you allowed to? It, persuade that is a that is a you know that's sort of um every attorney's different you know you're balancing um you want to give the, what you think yeah. right what you want maybe a little bit but yeah. but more importantly what's in their best interest sure uh with the fact that you know what what are likely outcomes and then all in the backdrop of you know we have a, a jury trial system where 12 jurors have to give a unanimous verdict right, right. so there you know what if one or two yeah. yeah. So so it's but I at the same time I think, you know, you can't be bashful about it, right? I mean, they're hiring you to, for your advice, so you have to say what it is. And exactly. So you say, "Hey, look, I, I I think we have a better we we're going to do well and we should go to trial, but you know, it's your decision and you know. Huh. Yeah. It uh, could be an edited out question, but it just struck my mind. Like has there ever been a time where like that situation happened and then I don't know, they're later on they're talking about and they're like to some other attorney and they say, dang, you should have took that to trial. And then it comes yeah. back like to like the, it on you to be like, well, why didn't you force me to go to yeah. trial? Like, yeah, you know, no, I've Bob. never I've never really had a client. Um, I, I don't I'm sure uh, that has kind of come back and said, why did we take that? Because I'm you know, again, I think. Um, I, I I'll. I'm talking like I talk to the client. I always kind of tell them, like, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what my best advice is. So yeah. it's always pretty clear, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that as a younger lawyer, I can remember back, um, you know, especially when you're first meeting with a new client, right? As a young lawyer, I'm like, I want this case. You know, I want this person to, you know. And um, so you're you're not, you're so invested in, like, gosh, I want to make a good impression and get this case. Then you get the case and you realize like, oh, there's some there's some maybe some issues here, some negative things about the case that I need to talk to the client about. Right. And that's difficult when you're younger. Yeah. You know, how do I give bad news? They're going to be like, why do you. So now it's sort of like you always want to be open and honest, set expectations. Let if there's an issue at the beginning of the case, you know, you tell them about it. And I find that I, I just don't have those issues because you just have that good communication with the client. Yeah. All the way through. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So. We have one last segment, and it kind of puts you a little bit in the hot seat. Wow, that was, um, that was nervous. Yeah, so <laughs> you should be. <laughs> that was a look. We're gonna play the game "Plead the Fifth," which is why I didn't want you to waste it. At I the know. <laughs> Don't so burn that. Yeah. We're gonna ask you um, three hard-hitting questions, and you can only pass or you know plead the fifth on one of them. Oh, we're not giving you all the questions ahead of time. Okay, okay no. so use your pass wisely right all right because yeah okay <laughs> number one have you ever turned down a case because you didn't like the person yes okay good job okay okay we, we don't have you don't details. need to elaborate <laughs> i'm curious <laughs> no i well I, look i mean there people it's, sometimes it's you, expectations don't meet sure um okay sometimes yeah i, I don't want uh, someone who's gonna um, 
and again, this is rare, but I've had some clients I've met that I think I, they really want to drive the show and kind of be the lawyer. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. unfortunately, you know, um, it's a, it's a team. It's got to be a team approach with your clients. Yeah. All right. He turned that into a great answer. He really <laughs> did. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is the last law that you broke? <laughs> Did you speed on the way here? <laughs> that's kind of the easiest one, right? It's a cop out. You can't use it. That's my answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that, that's probably the last one. What law did I last break? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what law did I break? That's a tough question. Do, do, do. Well, you shouldn't have said the speeding. I mean, yeah, I think it's uh, got to be speeding, right? No, but I got no. I feel like John's a team player. Not my so fault that, that I was broken. faster. <laughs> I've Such a rebel. So Let me count them all. Did you guys hear the sirens chasing That's, him yeah. as he did? Yeah. 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 It would be so funny if he was like, oh, yeah, embezzling. We called it a pretty large scheme. <laughs> large yeah. scheme. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be like, okay, and that ends the opening statements podcast. Would... He's going to send us a cease and desist later. <laughs> you know what? He's like, this cannot yeah. air. He's like, I didn't sign a release, did I? <laughs> you know. My wife gets on to me. Sometimes I'll glance at my phone while I'm driving. Oh, okay. that's a good one. Okay. I know, and that's awful. I can and that is like a yeah. leading, you know, yes, distracted driving. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to change the song, though. That's, that's why right. they have, yeah. like, airplay. That's right. What, what kind of vehicle do you drive? That was actually a topic on the way over. It was. A Tesla. It ah, is a Tesla. Cool. We were trying to pick, like, what kind of vehicle uh, guy told you, you were. Yeah, y'all probably. Do. I figured you'd think like a truck or something. So she said, I said truck, truck. Yeah. and I said, eh, I've pictured Tom definitely in a truck. I thought you and like a Mercedes, yeah. you know, four door sedan was kind of what I you gave me. Ben's that vibes, vibe. you know. You're that that's Tesla. Not, I'm offended, but that's okay. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> not like none, okay. I'm gonna, gonna pick your car for you now. He plays planes, okay? <laughs> okay, I think. Yes. Okay. Last question. Oh, you've done. Tough, you've done well so far. What was the worst part about being president of the GTLA? You do have your play the fifth. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, the he's worst. no punk. <laughs> um, look, I mean, the worst part was the complaints all went to you. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. And when you got a group of you know great, engaged lawyers, uh, smart lawyers, you know they they'll complain. They're not afraid to complain. I say that so, they're argumentative. That's yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Bring the facts. But uh, no, that that really wasn't that bad. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, congrats. You yeah. made it through our Plead the Fifth segment. I know. And did not. He is setting the bar high for yes. all future guests. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll next to... time you're on, you'll have an extra one. It'll carry over. I think what I'm, what I'm going to do is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get to carry it over, but I think you guys are going to like be like, we got we to gotta get some harder questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. We weren't sure like how, yeah. I know, like, we had... how hard to go. I feel like those were pretty hard. I, we were like the GTLA one, slam dunk in the bank. Yeah, That's he will be the definitely plead one. the fifth there. Because I was like, maybe he'll plead the fifth on the last law. I was hoping you were more of a rebel. Yeah, um, yeah. You know. I know. But, I really am yeah, not. I got, I got teenagers. I got to be good. Yeah. That's Maybe we should have asked, like, what was the last law? Your they broke. broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can cover up for them. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have played right? the fifth. <laughs> I would have played the Noted, noted. Um, well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the Opening Statements podcast. Yes. You can check us out at HyperChat Social on all the social media channels there are. And we will catch you guys next time. Case closed. <laughs>